we're a little bit behind just because of Christmas in Cambridge, celebrating the Advent season, but we're catching up and we have another special guest. Well, not a guest, a leader, a very special person. Mui, why will you come up? You can, you can put your hands together. Yeah. Uh, so Mui is going to continue the conversation. He serves as a senior leader here at the church with his wife, Nefemi. Um, I'm going to pray for us and pray for him that our ears would be open, our hearts would be um, willing to receive God's word and that he would be bold and courageous here as he stands in the pulpit. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I give thanks, Lord, for the many things that Christ provides for us, his people. And Lord, we know that your son has the power to transform hearts and minds. Lord, and so we ask God today as an audience that our ears would be wide open and our hearts would be willing to receive the word with joy. And God, I pray for my precious brother that your spirit would rest upon him. Let every word not fall to the ground, but to let him pierce our hearts, Lord, and deepen our affections for Jesus. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Pastor Derek. Uh, such a great privilege to bring the word of the Lord to his people. How always says how whenever a pastor could trust you with his pupils to bring the word of the Lord, yeah, count it as a great privilege. So I'm not taking this for granted. I see it as a very great privilege. Thank you so much. Uh, on behalf of my family, and my wife, and my beautiful daughter, uh, I bring greetings uh, to Hill Top Church. Uh, Pastor Dara said, it's not too early to say, uh, thank you, uh, Merry Christmas. But I think, yeah, we can, we can do that because by next Sunday, that's going to be like 26 and we've already celebrated uh, Christmas. So maybe you can just say Merry Christmas to your neighbor. Let's start with that. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, sometimes you might hear me saying glory to God, just acknowledging God, and you can say amen to affirm that. So glory to God. Amen. amen. Glory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe God to, you know, bring his word to his people today is not my word. Uh, no matter how the preparation, I submit every preparation, and I raise my voice to God for function. And thank you so much, Pastor Derek, for that prayer. Uh, so I think I'm just going to walk us through like what's going to be like uh, things to work out with uh, from this uh, sermon. I have you know, just a few overview and uh, as we touch on those, uh, yeah, we'll know we were there. You know, uh, I don't know if, if you're on Instagram, you could have seen uh, the title, which says uh, Grace and Love. Uh, the core of our Christian faith. Uh, what we'll be doing today majorly will just be to explore how grace and love relate to this season that we are doing. Uh, and I think I find it so profound. Actually, to be honest with you, this title came to being when we, we went to Salvation Army. We were there serving the people, and uh, he just randomly went to, brought a brother. I was like, yeah, this brother needs a prayer. I was with John uh, Sue and Sam Cruz. And we were praying for him. As we were praying for him, and uh, we got to know that 
is from the other religion, is a Muslim. So, and he was trying to like question some things, like what is the core of Christianity? Then Jung Su said, grace and love. And I was like, okay. Then the guy asked further, honestly, to be honest with you, I've never processed that word before. But immediately Jung Su said, yeah, grace and love. And yeah, I was, and was asking a further question. I don't know like where the, the response I gave the guy, I, I didn't know where it comes from. And I said, grace is what we receive from God. And that was born out of the love that he has for us. And that can be rooted in John 3, 16. I said that, I was, you know, when I was driving back home, I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, I was like, hmm. Then I was just pondering on that word. So when Pastor Dara Richard, like, hey, we are, will you, uh, you know, come and preach? I was like, hmm, there's this word that God gave me, her grace and love. And I believe my response on that spot wasn't what I thought of. I believe it is Holy Spirit communicating his heart to me at that point. So I was like, okay, I'm going to diligently wait on the Lord and press further into that two words, grace and love. And I was just praying. I tried to like come up with different things and try to like, but time didn't allow me. I was like, God, I know you don't want me to over prepare for this. You want me to speak your heart. So, yeah, I just have a sheet here where I'm just going to like, just to guide me. And I trust God will help us to explore, not my word, but the word of God today. Amen. Uh, so, a few things that, you know, as I was waiting on the Lord and I was just like pressing into those two words. Things that come to mind is, what is, what is so special about Christmas? What makes Christmas special to us as a believer? You know, that was one of the first questions. And if there's anything special about Christmas, why? You know, why, you know, why should we, you know, why is it so special? Right? So I, I try, you know, I try to wait on the Lord on that. And as I was, you know, doing all of this, um, the word that came to mind is Luke 1. So that will be our, actually our main text for today. I will be exploring Luke 1, uh, chapter 1. Yeah, God help us. We will move around, paraphrase, and also like uh, touch on some of the uh, response, response of people to this season, Advent. Because the word Advent is actually, the meaning is like waiting, waiting for the arrival. There's anticipation involved, right? Well, I believe everybody here will, will agree with me that not only believers, when it comes to Christmas, there is a general excitement and anticipation that is involved. You could feel it in the atmosphere. You know, I think I was just, I was talking to Chris the other day, like, tell me which holiday do you prefer most? Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I won't, I won't tell you his answer. But, you know, I, to me, there's something that is so special about Christmas that even the unbelievers, they don't know what we're celebrating. They don't understand it. But they just want to, if care is not taking, they, they are ready to even hijack it. Yeah. Because, you know, this week they have been seeing a lot of things on LinkedIn. Every organization is having Christmas party. They are having, and guess what they are doing in their Christmas party? I was like, that can't be the celebration of my Lord Jesus Christ. 
right? They don't understand. They don't know, like, what is the reason behind this season. And I think for us as a Christian, that is why we need to pause and, like, wait a minute. Like, what is, what is special about Christmas? What is special about Christmas? I think that was what I was just trying to, like, explore in my, as I was waiting on the Lord uh, for this word. So, one thing, fun fact, actually. Although now I work in tech and uh, I do all the fun stuff and <laughs> I'm behind the screen, you know, working from home. But when I first got here, actually, I, I work, I, I think I like to, you know, give it a good name, but literally I was a chocolate boy. I was selling dark chocolate at Boston Public Market, right? That was, that is, there's no name to like put some, you know, when you are trying to write something on your resume, you try to like, as a sale associate, and you know, no. I was selling dark chocolate at Boston Public Market. <laughs> that was it. And honestly, that was my first Christmas experience here in the United States. Because I moved uh, like two and a half years ago from Nigeria. You know, it's, it's kind of different the way people celebrate Christmas here. Because here, they, you have like two religions. Is it that you are celebrating Christmas or you are celebrating other other side? So it's it's very rare to even see unbelievers, you know, joining you to celebrate Christmas. So, but I was, you know, on on, on normal day, ordinary day, you know, when I get to the store at Boston Public Market where I'm selling the dark chocolate, I will need to pick a jar of dark chocolate that has been cut into pieces. We call it samples, and I have a tongue. Uh, yeah, something to pick it, and I would just be standing in front of the of the store. And I'm like, would you like to sample that chocolate? Would you like to sample that chocolate? That literally, that's what I said. I can't remember, like maybe more than hundred times. Like as many people that walk past, like, would you like to sample that chocolate? But one thing about that period is that I'm the one pursuing them. I'm the one trying to like give them. Then on this fateful day, December 22nd, I think 23rd, or 2019, I, I got to the store, and you know, as usual, I thought it's gonna be a business as usual. The influx of customers, of people into the store that day, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> people were not buying just one dark chocolate pack, not two, but they are buying dozens, like, and I was like, I, I, I didn't get it, like, what's happening? Like, you mean, of course I miss that. Like, we like to sample dark chocolate. I miss it. I'm like, wow, like, they are coming to me now. And as, so I, I got back home and I was so excited. And I think that was, that was the, yeah, I recorded the IS sales that day, honestly. And I told Nifem, like, I don't know, like, people were just buying dark chocolate. They're like, yeah, it's Christmas season day. I was like, yeah, that is it. Like, people are buying gifts, you know, that is what the world relates Christmas to. Like, it's a time to like, oh, I need to buy something for my coworker. I need to, you know. And most of the time, it's, it's, it's rooted in self-promotion. Like, oh, I need to buy this thing to this people, for this person, you know, whether my boss, you know, to like me, whether, you know. That is, that is the, you know, at least the way I see it in my first experience. Even, I was like, so I was trying to reflect, like, could it be that those people that are buying actually, is it possible that they are Christian? I said, I don't think so. So then, so then just like, 
want to catch up with what is happening in the atmosphere, like there is Christmas in the atmosphere, I'm going to key into it, is a time of, you know, sharing the gift. So, that was my experience. Then as I was reflecting on that, I don't know why that story just, you know, uh, came to mind. Actually, Nifemi reminded me of that. Then I was like, hmm, so what should be our response as a Christian? That we know Christ. Yes, there's a gift involved. But we know that gift. It's not just a material gift. We know that the gift is rooted in grace and love. And that is rooted in John 3.16. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is the gift. The gift is the divine grace. That is what we celebrate. That is what we understand. And that is why our response in this season would definitely have to be different. Yeah, I'm not saying we shouldn't share gifts. We shouldn't. Don't get me wrong. But we need to understand that why we are celebrating, why in this season, in the season of anticipation, waiting for the advent, for the arrival of Christ, what should be my response as a believer? So, um, I was actually like, uh, I've been following Tim Keller, um, Advent Devotion, and I like the way he put it. Like, Advent is a time of remembering and rejoicing. You know, why the world would definitely just jump into the rejoicing and celebrate, but we as a Christian, it's a time for us to take a pause and reflect and remember, like, what is the main reason for that we are celebrating? And I put some things down here, like, remembering the greatest gift of God to us, which is Jesus Christ. This gift is God's grace to us, to all humanity. Because of his love for us. And uh, that, as I said earlier on, John 3, 16. But this was not only fulfillment of just ordinary uh, promises. It was a promise that has been proclaimed even by uh, prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 9, 6. That unto us a son is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And it shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So when we look at that, you know, the prophet Isaiah, you know, proclaiming, prophesying that uh, promises, and it's been fulfilled in Luke chapter 1. And that is what we're going to be like, you know, uh, exploring today. So yes, we need to remember. That is why I took us back to that Isaiah, you know, the Old Testament, now to the New Testament, which is Luke, and the account of Luke, like in the uh, advent, you know, of Christ. So our rejoicing is not only in the first coming of Jesus Christ. So that is also the difference. Because, to be honest with you, even if you go to Target today, <laughs> go to different public places, you'll be hearing, oh my divine, you know, they will be singing different songs. They, they don't, like, people just be walking down the aisle. They're like, oh, that's a nice song. But they don't know, like, what, they, what it's going to be. Right? So there's a rejoicing involved. Yes. So, but our rejoicing is not only rooted in the, the 
helpless baby born in the manger. But we are anticipating and we are so excited about that second coming of Jesus Christ, who is not coming as a baby this time around, but is coming as a king that is going to rule the world. Glory to God. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, there should be an excitement. This is not a message that should be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there should be an excitement in the house. You know, when we know that we have something different, we see things differently from the way we see it. We understand the reason behind what we are celebrating. Even our excitement should be greater than what the world could even imagine. So even when the company, uh, maybe at the, comp- uh, at the company uh, Christmas party, people are you know, getting to and doing all of things, we can be dragging the Holy Spirit and, you know, celebrating God. We don't need to be like, oh, there's, God, there's rejoicing in this also. In this season, it is both re- uh, remembering and reflecting and also rejoicing uh, the fulfillment of the Advent. And the fulfillment of the Advent is in the second coming of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So this season, as I said, is time for us to like, you know, reflect and also rejoice. So, you know, I was saying, I was asking a question earlier on, like, what's special about Christmas and why? And we were able to like talk about God's, uh, God's grace and his love, you know, that he sent his only begotten son. But if you look at Luke chapter 1, the promise that was prophesied by Prophet, uh, Prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 9-6, there is a response. Maybe I'll say there are some responses in Luke chapter 1. One, the response of Mary and the response of Zechariah. They were both promises that were given to those people, two people. But but their response was totally different. And as I was, you know, uh, listening to today's um, devotion, and Tim Keller was trying to analyze uh, Mary's response. Actually, when, (laughs) I think, yeah, we have... um, a small group on Wednesdays, actually Thursdays, me and uh, uh, John Cho. Uh, so we were just like, we were looking into the world, uh, Luke 1, and I was like, There's a, there are two visitations, Mary and Zechariah. It's kind of like, the response of angel of the Lord to those two visitations was kind of like, to me I was like, oh, why the difference? Because Zechariah, Kind of like question, like how, like how am I going to be sure that this son is going to be born? And you know that is John the Baptist that old angel was referring to. That's a Sakaria, um, That is a Luke. I believe that should, uh, should be uh, Luke. Yeah, Luke thirty-four to thirty-eight. Right. He was talking. You know, like when the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the temple. And was giving him all the promises that there's going to be a son born that will prepare God's people for the for the coming Christ. And he was like, "How is this? How am I going to be sure that this is going to happen? Because me and my wife we are already advanced in age. Like 
this is, this is not, you know, and we can relate that to, you know, even the, um, in the Old Testament, that was the same response, you know, Abraham and, and Sarah, you know, but, you know, whenever there's promise, there will always be a response. In the, in, when we are analyzing, you know, those two, refer, those two, uh, the two responses, Mary also kind of like showed some doubt, but her response was, how would this be? Zechariah was like, how am I going to be sure that this is going to happen? You know, so I, we were just like having that conversation. I was having that conversation with John Cho, like, but why, why the angel of the Lord shut Zechariah down and he got muted? And angel of the Lord was like, okay, Mary, I'm going to give you the full explanation of what's going to happen. Holy Spirit will fall upon you. This son that is going to be born is not your own power. You don't even need your husband to get you pregnant because that was the concern that Mary raised. Like, I'm even a virgin. Like, how am I going to, like, conceive? But I think our attention should actually be focused on Mary's response. So when I was, you know, just trying to study and looking into the world, what can we get from Mary's response? Because according to Tim Keller, he referred to Mary's response in Luke 1 as unhealthy, maybe healthy actually, healthy doubt. Like, how would this be? It's not like questioning like, am I going to be sure this is going to happen? But his concern was like, but how would this, how this happen? Because angel, I'm, I'm a virgin. So as a Christian, you know, when we believe the word of God, it's not in the absence of doubt. It's not in the absence of doubt. So, and I think where I'm driving at today is what can we learn from the response of Mary in Luke chapter one? And how can we mirror that to our life today? Because whatever account was written in this Bible, that happened like maybe two, more than 2,000 years ago, but how can this be applied to us now in 2021, celebrating Christmas, celebrating the advent, the coming of Christ? So I was exploring that. Um, I think you can open, to, uh, open with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Uh, we saw the response of Mary from, in that verse, in that chapter. So I'm reading from 34. It says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. I think when we are looking at this, I was like, Mary... That is really awesome. Because I don't know where, you know, where I come from. When a lady, you know, got pregnant and 
is unwedded, you're unwed and you happen to like, you, you know, to get pregnant, the shame that comes with it. You know, alone, like, I don't think that should have been the response of Mary. Like, you know, looking at everything that was surrounding, like, what would I tell people? Like, where, I, you know, where did I get this? What would I tell people? But despite of all of that, knowing that this is going to, like, probably make him to even be excommunicated by some people, but it's still, our response was faith-filled. He respond, she responded with faith that, yes, I'm the servant of the Lord, and let it be to me according to your word. So, from Mary's response, I could trace faith being displayed. That is number one. I think the other thing that I saw, you know, as I was reading further in that chapter, then faith without works is useless. So I was like, okay, where is works work in this, you know, in, in this verse? If you look, if you look back into that, that visitation, the angel of the Lord only mentioned to Mary that, hey, Elizabeth also is pregnant. That was just the instruction. But not only that Mary believed the word of the Lord and you know, accept it, she also ran with it. She ran with it because she left, according to the account I have here, I have uh, from 39, it said, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. That was her response. Her response was faith-filled, and it was backed with action. The angel of the Lord, this, you know, there was, it was just an information. Like, hey, Elizabeth also is pregnant. But not only that, he believed that word, but he also, like, she ran with it, like, yes, I'm going to go confirm this. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so I, I, I could see action backed with faith that Mary displayed there. Then, Going further again, in that, in that same verse, in, I'm now in 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary, the baby lived in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you, young among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted unto me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that the Lord would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Yeah. Amen. I think there's still exploring before we now try to like apply this. Mary's response, that action, it's brought about fruits. And fruit in what sense? There was not any account that, you know, what, you know, Elizabeth display here was just coming out of like, just a, or, or ordinary visitor visiting you then, 
you are just like speaking. She's, she was actually prophesying. That means, and it was recorded that Holy Spirit fell upon her just because Mary believed God, took an action, and she actually like went, and that actually resulted into a fruit by getting Elizabeth baptized and prophesying. That was, that was the fruit of that. And I think just to wrap, you know, uh, Mary's response, the third thing I saw, so the first thing I mentioned about faith, I mentioned about action, I saw praise. Right in that response. I saw praise. And if you look at Luke 46, Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 55, you know, the popular uh, Mary's song of praise. And he said, my soul magnified the Lord. And my spirit rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on her generation will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. That was her response. Her response was faith-filled. It was back with action. And having received all of those promises, he sing for joy. He sing, she sing praises unto the Lord. You know, so when I was looking into that, I was like, what can we learn from, you know, uh, Mary's response in this? Then one thing that came to mind is that whenever there is a promise, there will always be a response. Remember, if you go back to the book of Genesis, when God met with Abraham then, and he said, come out, look into the sky. Can you count the number of these stars? And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I was like, that will be your generation. Your generation will be un- uncountable. And what was Abraham's response? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. That was, that, that was, you know, that was very profound. And coming back to the New Testament, that was kind of very similar response that Mary gave to the angel of the Lord. She believed the Lord. So as a, as a believer, even in this season, in this Advent season, what should be our response? I think it should be the same mirror of Mary's response. Our response to whatever God has promised, whatever it is in your work with God, whatever someone, you know, you've believed God, whatever you've appropriated to yourself from this book, that your response should be faith-filled. You should believe. Believe the promise. Accept it. Run with it. Take action. And through it all, there will be, yeah, definitely, in this season that a lot of people are celebrating Christmas, not everybody will be in a celebration mode because of grief, because of loneliness, because loss of life. You know, we, know, we all know what has been happening since 2020, even this year. So to some people, Christmas might not even, like, like uh, it might not be like it for people like 
But through it all, we still believe the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord says we are healed. We are blessed. The report of the Lord says we are sons of God, irrespective of whatever happened. You know, in today's song, say we are seated above with Christ. That is, that is the promise of the Lord. That is what we are anticipating, the second coming of Christ. That should be our posture. That should be our response, that we believe in the continuous work of God. The, con- the work that is doing right here in Cambridge, right here in Boston, and even across the world, we believe the word of God for it. We might not understand it. We might not have a, you know, a perfect word around it to describe it, to convince the unbeliever. But we believe the word of God and we run with it. We, are, we don't look sideways. We trust the word of God. We run with it. And as we are doing this, we are not doing it like, yeah, I receive. We are doing it joyfully with praise. We're rejoicing because the second coming we know that Christ is not coming as the baby born in the manger. He's coming as the king that is going to put everything right. Hallelujah. Amen. So those, should be, those, are, those three things, I believe, we, we should, if, even if at all, like everything that I've been saying today, you know, at least go with those three things. What should be my response? in this season? Is my response to this advent, am I believing what God has said? Irrespective of the situation. Because one thing I know, that God is good. But good is not God. Yes, God is good. But good is not God. That, you know, things are good doesn't mean that there is God in it. The only thing that makes things to be good is because God is good. So even every situation that you find yourself, you think like, oh, wow, ah, it's so difficult to even to sing, to sing the praise to God. But God is still good. It doesn't change the goodness of the Lord. You might not see it. You might not see what God is putting together. But we believe that all things work together for those that believe God. And you know why we're doing this? We, we, sh- we should be filled with praise. We should not let our guide to be down. We should not, you know, find ourselves. Because when, 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 the, when your life of a believer lacks praise, you know, that is when doubt comes in. That is when you start listening to the, to the word of accuser. You know, as I was coming this morning and Andrew just woke up to me and he gave me a word of affirmation and I was just like, God revealed that to him. Because there is always a, a voice of accuser, like, <laughs> do you, you know, you have been called to preach the word of God on this special Sunday, like, you know, do you find yourself worthy enough? But I find that word very... You know, very empowering that during the worship, I, 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 just, I was just lost in worship. Because this is the word of the Lord. It's not that in any situation that is whether perfect or not, but God is good. And that is what we proclaim. And through it all, we are praising the Lord. We, we are rejoicing in the second coming of Christ. 
Because he's coming as what? As a king. Amen. So that should be our response. Faith-filled, back with action, and should be praise-filled. Yeah. Amen. But all of this, I think, you know, when we talk about action, I think it won't be good if we just like close the service and we just like, there's no guides, no steps, you know, onto what are the actions to take? What should be our response? And I kind of put some things down. I think talking about action, our action should be rooted in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. There are two things there. Say, love, love God. Let's open to Luke chapter 10, uh, 27. Luke chapter 10, verse 27. And he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. You know, those, that verse, I, I, I could see two things. One, grace is what we receive, born heart of the love that Christ has given unto us. And it is that same commandment that he has given unto us. One, to be gracious, even in this season, but also to show our love in two ways, to God and to our neighbor. That should be our action. And that should be our response. You know, I'm so glad for our community. We, we have the people that always listen to the word of God and also always want to align the word of the Lord in, with our action. You know, you all know that, uh, you know, there was a time we went to uh, Salvation Army. We served people. Then we also have our Christmas in Cambridge. Those things are very good as a corporate body. But I would say, don't let us limit that. We should learn from what is the, our community is doing. What can I, how can I bring this to my personal life? In my personal life, like how can I make Christmas be happy for someone in this season? It doesn't have to be Christmas in Cambridge. It might be Christmas in wherever you find yourself. It might be Christmas in your house. But like how can Christmas... So, and that is, that would be very difficult if we all go by the word standard, we'll be very selective in who we'll probably give gifts to. But one thing that is so significant about the, you know, the first coming of Jesus Christ was Jesus Christ didn't come as, as a perfect coming, you know, in a very high standard, Boston uh, Medical Hospital, you know, everything well lit. How many of us have seen uh, The Chosen? <laughs> I saw The Chosen <laughs> this, last, uh, this last Sunday. You know, sometimes when we read these things in the world, like, we find it difficult to, like, map our mind around, like, what actually happened. But <laughs> watching that movie, that series, and seeing how the, the birth of Jesus Christ was portrayed, like, it was literally in a manger. Like, there were lambs, like, crying over the new baby. You can imagine if it is this, and they were like, oh, wow, jams. Like, we'd be like, oh, you know. 
Even before you touch the baby, you have to like wash the hand. But like everything there, it was the lowly of the lowly, like the lowest ground. And that is the posture that Christ came. So when we are showing our love, when we are showing our love first to God and to others, we should also divine who are the others. We should not limit our show of love in this season just only to our co-workers, just only to our, to our families. Look into those streets. Look into even your neighborhood. How can I be a Christmas to someone that you just you know, randomly see that whether it's lonely, whether they don't, you know, whether they don't even know God. So I think that is the way we should respond. We should not limit our love for others, not only for our families, but even to, the, to, to those that are in need. And, you know, what a great privilege that we had, you know, doing that um, um, Salvation Army outreach. You know, we were able to, not only that we serve people with food, but it was also an opportunity for us to share the word of the Lord with people, to pray for people. And that is the second part of when you love others. Not only that you, you, you yeah, you good gift, but it's also an opportunity for us to enlighten people to all actually understand the reason for the season. Because to be honest with you, almost everybody go through Advent. But some people went through it with, you know, a block eyes. Their eyes were not enlightened. They don't really like know what is happening. But it's an opportunity for us as a believer that we know that this season is rooted in grace and love, the man Christ Jesus, to share the love of God. So beyond the gift, we should, it's an opportunity for us to also go out. What a very good conversation starter, uh, starter is going to be. You know, meeting someone and you're like, oh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Do you know why you're celebrating Christmas? <laughs> you know, that might be a very good way to start. <laughs> so I challenge you, you know. We saw Merry Christmas and look at their response like, do you know why we are celebrating Christmas? That was going to be a very good opportunity to share the word of God with people. So, let's keep that. Let's believe the word of God. Let's believe the word is continued doing on, on hearts. Let's put action to it. First, love God and love others. And the third part not in any day we should, uh, uh, we should find not praising the Lord in any times. You don't, you don't, honestly, you don't have to have a perfect voice to praise the Lord. You don't have to have all the instruments. You can sing praise the Lord. Let your heart always magnify the Lord. That was Mary's response. Mary, that was Mary's response. She magnified the Lord and she prophesied. Because when you, you know, when you, in that place of worship, in that place of praise, that is when the word, that, honestly, that's how, that's how I, I actually like read my Bible. You know, when I'm worshiping, you know, a verse might just came in and I just quickly go there and I was like, oh, what is that talking about? And, you know, I'm, that's I, that's actually the real communion with Christ. So, yeah, I just want to leave us with that. And I think, so, I wrote here that what are the practical ways, you know, to guide our response 
in this season. We've seen Mary's response. So what would be a very good practical way? So I wrote down just three uh, points here. One, pray for those from whom Christmas is a difficult season due to loss, grief, or loneliness. Pray that they will know the loving provision of God. That in this season, whether it doesn't feel like Christmas this year, pray for people, pray for your family, know that God is good, even in this season. And as you pray and as you wait on the Lord, even for people, I believe God will open their eyes. Their eyes, their inner man will be enlightened and actually, maybe they will be able to like take a pause, like, wait, why are we celebrating Christmas? I think I want to celebrate Christmas in a different way today. I actually, maybe this year, I actually want to yeah, I know I have a co-worker who is a Christian. We always talk about Jesus. Uh, maybe let me just you know, send a text to him like, can you tell me about Jesus Christ? That might be a response of your prayer to someone, maybe your co-worker that doesn't even know God. So I would say, don't let us forget the place of prayer even in doing this Advent. As we wait on the Lord, as we anticipate for the second arrival this time, because Christ has come as a baby but what we are celebrating as a Christian is the second arrival because we know that God is, Christ is coming as a king. And this good news should not end with us. So we should stay in the place of prayer. If you have, you know, I have some list in my head like, oh, this person is not saved, like, and I'm praying for them. So also in this period, let's pray for unbelievers. Let's pray for those that doesn't understand the reason why we are celebrating Christ. Then the second one, say, be generous to those in need. I love the way Tim Keller put it. He said, this season, make sure that you empty yourself. Don't just give, like, you know, a little dollar here, $20. There. Like, give, really, like, empty yourself. Give and know that, yes, Lord, I need to be refilled. Until we give to the essence of the point that we are empty, that is where we actually give. And we should not be selective in our giving. We should not be selective. So that is second one. And the third one that I said here is be gracious and share God's love to those people that are yet to know him. I think I mentioned that that should be our response. That, those are the practical ways that should guide us you know, in this season. So I know, you know, uh, I've been talking for a while, and even today, at this moment, there's, we will have the, another opportunity to, you know, uh, to continue to position our heart in that posture of remembering and also rejoicing. And that is why we'll be taking Holy Communion today. Because if you take a look at it, actually, Holy Communion... Is, the way I look at it is, is, a very, is, a, is at the point of helping us to reflect and remember the birth of Jesus Christ. We understand that it's an act of Advent that at the end, even of all of this, the story will make perfect and will make fulfilled in the completion of Christ coming as the, sec the second time. So, and when he was here with us in his first place, 
he instituted communion, that we should do this in his remembrance. He said, until I return, do this in my remembrance. So uh, uh, Lily will be coming up to, uh, to guide us in that. And one thing I want us to do, even after the Holy Communion, I know if you have, uh, if you need prayer, yes, we will have uh, our our core team to be here to uh, to you know to pray for you. But let's also spend some time to just worship God. Let's praise God. Beyond, you no, know, let the Christmas start here. Let the let the excitement start here. So after the communion, if you want to stay back, it will be good. We will invite you to just join us for five, ten minutes. We'll just worship God. We'll just sing praises to God. For Christ is coming as the King. Amen. Amen. Amen.